Welcome to Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer, a podcast where testicular cancer survivors, caregivers, and others who have navigated the cancer journey share their stories. The podcast comes to you from the Max Mallory Foundation, a nonprofit family foundation focused on educating about testicular cancer in honor and in memory of Max Mallory, who died in 2016 at the young age of 22 from testicular cancer. Had he survived, Max wanted to help young adults with cancer. This podcast helps meet that goal. Here now is your host, Joyce Lofstrom, Max's mom and a young adult cancer survivor. This is Joyce, and with me today is Chris Ho, and he's a two-time survivor of testicular cancer, first in 2013 in his early 30s, and then again in 2020. Chris has two boys, Caden, who is six, and Liam is almost two years old. He shares his journey with us and provides insight on living with gratitude and purpose. So Chris, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Joyce, for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad you could just take the time and share your story. So why don't you start and just tell us your story, any details you would like to share? Sure. Yeah. It all started probably in 2013 is probably where I fast forward to. Routine shower uh, one evening. Uh, I was newly engaged with my partner and uh, and just, yeah, like I said, routine shower. Felt uh, a little bit of a lump down there. And I was like, oh, that's a little bit odd. And uh, I had just actually found a new family doctor uh, that year. So I was like, hey, this is a great time to visit him and, and check this out, which I did. And saw him and he was, you know, right away he was like, oh, this is probably just a cyst. This is probably just a cyst. So, but he's like, just be safe. I uh, will send you over to get an ultrasound. And I said, okay. Which he did. And then at the time, of course, I'm doing Dr. Google and looking things up, but um, just relying on him saying that it was just a cyst. Triggered into another set of events, saw the ultrasound, talked to my doctor after. He's like, hey, we're going to send you for another follow-up. It's probably just a cyst still. And, uh, and, but we're just going to get this checked out a little bit further. Went to go see another doctor and he was an oncologist, urologist, which probably should have signaled to me that something was up. But uh, I went to see him and then, you know, five seconds into meeting him, he examined me and he was like, oh, this is, this is cancer. And... Um, and I almost fell back. He had to actually catch me. And um, yeah, I was kind of obviously, you think about those things, you, you hear Dr. Google and all that, but until you, you know, hear from a doctor and all that. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm with the booking clerk getting booked in for emergency surgery and all the motions around with that. And I had to go home, tell my fiance uh, about that, uh, what I found out. But, uh, you know, I had a successful surgery in October of that year, 2013. Uh, got it removed, one testicle, follow up CT scan. Because who gets CT scans all the time, right? Uh, follow-up CT scan uh, showed that I had another tumor in my right adrenal gland. And uh, they said it was big, but 10 inches, it's got to come out. It looks like a spread. You're probably going to lose your liver. You're probably going to lose uh, parts of uh, or your kidney and parts of your liver. And, uh, and that was Christmas of 2013, which was fun. Oh, Chris. Yeah. But, you know... Uh, Fast forward 2014, Valentine's Day, great day to spend in the hospital. Got the right adrenal gland removed. Uh, I woke up, I remember thinking, um, 
hey, did you save my kidney, save my liver? And they're like, yeah, we did. We just took your right adrenal gland out and the, and the tumor that was wrapped around uh, wrapped around that. And um, I recovered in the hospital. Luckily, uh, a few weeks later, the pathology came back. That right adrenal gland tumor turned out to be benign, uh, which was good, which is good news. Um, but, uh, and I recovered. And, um, you know, I was 2014, you know, still with the two surgeries. The my cancer journey journey takes a little bit of a tangent in 2016, where now my dad calls me over to his house and he tells me something something wrong and I knew something was off. And he just stared into the living room and he he, uh, he told me that he has uh, stage four lung cancer and uh, he was already going through radiation and and chemo was coming up. So that was obviously tough to hear and. Coincidentally, after he told me that, I came home that night to tell my wife. My wife knew uh, that something was up, but uh, once I walked in the door, she actually then shared with me that she was pregnant with our with her first son. So lots of lots of emotions that day. My dad battled uh, his stage four for a couple years, and uh, he stayed uh, alive long enough to meet his first grandson, which is Caden, and then he passed in 2018. And um, you know, my journey continues right before COVID. You know, follow up doctors and scans and all that stuff, and then on the remaining testicle, they found another lump uh, on my uh, remaining testicle, and then turned out to be cancer again. And uh, had that surgery uh, January twenty twenty, just about a couple months before COVID, and uh, and that got that successfully removed as well. And and um, and to this day, I, I, I'm healthy. I'm on full testosterone replacement. Got a whole bunch of medications as well, but. Uh, but yeah, I'm grateful for all that, and, and that's kind of my my story in, in, in a nutshell, really, um, throughout the last few years. Well, that's quite a bit to deal with in like seven years, especially with your cancer and a new baby and your dad's illness. I mean, that's really uh, applaud you for getting through it, and glad you're still here, of course. So, you know, what was your biggest challenge? Yeah, you know, what? I um, I tell people all the time, uh, all the time when I kind of reflect on the story, and I still I still mean it that I wouldn't I wouldn't change a single thing. Actually, you hear about this, I think, a lot from people who face hardship or challenges, and it kind of makes you who you are. Uh, today and I firmly believe that, but uh, you know, I think when I reflect on my biggest challenges were was all around my mental health. To be honest, you know, hearing the news and then sharing that with my fiance at the time, and and um, and just kind of working through all that, you know, what you thought was important before, and and, and bringing to the surface what's not, and dealing with a bunch of emotions, and then you know, for men. Uh, you know the whole idea of like testicular cancer and like hey now I have no I have no balls right and uh, and playing with that uh, emotion and erasing those old stigmas and and all that and, and and now I have two boys so it's kind of my 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 purpose and mission to really kind of just redesign how boys and men think and interact with emotions and our health and all that so. You know, I'm still on my journey of all that. I've seen a bunch of counselors and therapists and I've been hypnotized a few times. I'm a coach now myself. So, you know, that was my biggest challenge and it's continued to be, you know, something I'm always trying to work on. I was going to ask you a couple of things, but I know I've read a couple of articles about you. And do you want to talk a little bit about just as, as much as you would like to share, though, about your support system and with your wife and, you know, just getting through it? Well, to be honest, when I first found out, I didn't actually share with her, you know, that first doctor's appointment, the first ultrasound, and 
you know, that is one thing I would definitely change if I were to go back would be to involve her right from the set go. And, you know, partly it was me not being able to deal with my emotions and, uh, and also dealing with the fact that, you know, my upbringing in a, you know, traditional maybe Chinese family was, you know, you don't really share too much until, until you have to, right. And you don't want to burden people. And, and for me, like I said, I, I thought it was a cyst, you know, at least what the doctor said in the beginning. Right. So, you know, I didn't really tell her until, you know, I had that first confirmation from that doctor. So if I could go back in time, I would, I would have opened up and shared more in the beginning and allow other people in with their emotions as much as, uh, as much as possible. So that's a big piece of it. And I think after I shared that with her, it was, it was amazing to see the support that she had, of course. Right. And, uh, and she was by my side the whole time. Uh, and my family and my friends. And I, and I found over the years, the more I shared about my journey, the more support I would receive. Surprising. So that was a big, a big aha for me. Yeah, I think, you know, just on my own experience, I mean, I'm a cancer survivor too. And I, I'm the kind of person that it helps me to talk about it. I'm not good at not talking about it. So I applaud you for doing that and sharing your story with your, not just with your family, but I know you have with other people as well. So, you know, the, other thing I want to mention before we get to talk about your business, but I, I can tell again from what I've read, but that you're a really positive person. And how did you kind of get there and develop that to care about the quality of your life? When I, when I look back, I, I think I've always been positive and optimistic, even like in high school, even when I was growing up, I've, I got comments like from friends of like, oh, he's so positive and upbeat and, and friendly and um Partly it's because I guess I really enjoyed being optimistic and, and positive. And also, you know, as I grew up, I, I, I figured that, you know, that's just a better way to live is to be optimistic. But, you know, one thing I learned through this experience and, and even to this day, like, it's not always going to be positive. And I think people sometimes think that people are optimistic, that they're always optimistic and they're always positive. And it's actually not the case. And like, I have my dark days and bad days and bad moments all the time. But for me, I think it's just recognizing that when I have those moments to take a lot of, I call it inner work and pause. And, you know, for me, it's like meditating. It's like journaling. It's going out for walks with our two dogs. It's, it's just finding ways to like recognize whatever's in front of you is, is not such a great thing. And, and then use like certain tips or tricks to get out of it. So you kind of realize what's important right now, but also realize that, you know, there's a better way forward and, uh, and to know that it's not always going to be like this, which I think is, is really important. I like to walk my dogs too, Chris. I think it's very peaceful to do that. We have three dogs, so the weather's pretty good. Even here in Chicago when it's not, I try to get out with them and walk. It's quite relaxing. So tell us a little bit about your career, your work life, what you've been doing, anything on that that you would like to share. Oh, so much, so much. When the first diagnosis, I was like, went early 30s, just engaged. Like I said, I had to start a new career. And uh, what I thought was so important back then, it wasn't that important. Like, it's still important to, I think, accomplish your goals and do well in career and get the things that you want to in life, but still be also super, super grateful for all the things that you have. Like, the thing I'm working on right now is like, how do you... How do you be how do you be present in the moment but still want to perform right this idea of presence and performance you don't you, you can be grateful for the things but still want 
better things in your life. And you can still want better things in your life and still be grateful for what you have. So that's kind of like my current thought right now is to do both and kind of weave in between those two intersections of, of, of presence and performance and, um, and, you know, living the best life you can. So that's really been the perspective I've taken lately. You know, Chris, I remember using uh, the Franklin Covey planner. Uh, oh, it's probably been 20 years ago or more, but we had it. One of my jobs, we had training on it. Everybody used it. And I found it really helpful. You know, it's like any kind of planning, you have to do it and you have to do it every day. But once you get in that mode, it doesn't take that long. And it really saves time in the long run to uh, look at what you have to get done each day, what's coming up meeting wise and so forth. So I think I've always liked Franklin Covey products, Stephen Covey's uh, writing. Uh, I think he's, uh, it's a great resource for people. So it's nice that you can be part of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, half, half of my life I worked for Franklin Covey, like you mentioned, which is a, a leadership development, corporate training, behavior changing organization. And, and, and I love it. So I, I have an, my experiences in, in the corporate sense has been a leader. I've been a leader a bunch of times in different industries. And uh, I love leadership development. I love personal development, even before, you know, all the things that I went through. And uh, and I, I really wanted to, to be in this space. So working with Kavi, I'm a, I'm a certified coach and a facilitator of our content. So I get to work with amazing clients in person, online, and, and how to change behaviors, whether it's you know, as you mentioned, our calendar. So it, it, it could be time management or organization. It could be leadership or building trust and understanding what inclusive leadership looks like. So we've got a handful of like really powerful content areas that we dive into and um, and, and work with organizations on, on, these, on these areas. And it's funny, you see so much change with people's behaviors at work and then also how it translates to the personal lives. Because as you, as you probably can imagine, like, you know, our work, our work selves and our personal selves are, are the same. And if we can improve, you know, some areas of our life in one area, it's, it's, it's ultimately going to improve other areas personally as well. So I find that, I find that super fulfilling. Now, I know you have your own business too. Can you talk about the business that you've started? I know you've become um, a certified coach as well. So just tell us a little bit about your own business. You know, similar to the work I do at Covey, I also do with my own practice. I call it ConsciousStudio.ca, and it's, you know, I'm a certified coach, as I mentioned. I also do, you know, workshop development and team development. And, you know, the, the name Conscious Studio, I came up with with this whole idea of this journey, right? This this whole cancer journey, um, hardship journey, whether it's cancer or something else. But I find that, I find it interesting on this idea that sometimes we kind of work through life, live through life very unconsciously. and we move from one thing to the next. And, you know, as you mentioned, it's hard to find presence and it's hard to plan your day as well as plan, you know, their future. And, and I find with myself, sometimes you get to a certain point in your life and you're like, what am I doing? Like, Oh, how did I get here? You know, is this the direction I want to go? So my whole goal and purpose, I think is working with people through my coaching program to try to get people to think of things more consciously on their belief systems, uh, the way they want to live, what's really, really most important for them and what's standing in their way. So at least you know 
intentionally what's important for you so you can head towards that direction, whatever that is for you. And to, to hopefully uncover a bunch of things that you didn't know about and, and, uh, and consciously live the life that uh, you want to. So my next question, tell us about your journey with IVF. I know you had your first son during that first diagnosis. Uh, your wife became pregnant uh, before everything started. And then you had your second son via IVF. A lot of the men I've talked to have done the same. So just if you would share your experience with that process and just anything that you want to share that might be helpful to other men with testicular cancer dealing with this challenge. Yeah. Thanks for asking about that. So yeah. So funny enough, well, it's not funny, I guess, but end of 2019, we, 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 have our, we had our son and then my partner and I were thinking about, hey, we should, should we try for a second one and, and see how that goes? And uh, we said, yeah, sure. Let, let's try. Like, let's intentionally try. And then, and then that, and then that visit, in, it was about December 2019 when they said that the other lump uh, and the other testicle had to come out, and uh, that obviously was very was very tough to hear. Not like you control these things in in life, and not like you can plan for things, but you know that obviously took one option away of uh, of uh, you know a natural process. So before the surgery uh, end of January i took some the remaining sperm i had and uh, put into a fertility clinic and you know put that there for for the year of 2020 and which we all know was quite the year and um, coming out of that in 2021 you know we had conversations like hey should we should we try this right we you know we know the you know we were feeding ourselves all the all the you know, the odds, right? Like this isn't, doesn't work very well. It's expensive. What are the chances? But, you know, we were kind of thinking like, well, we're never not going to know unless we know. And all hats to uh, my partner and wife, because back then again, 2021, you know, we decided to go for it, went through all the appointments. She had to go all the appointments by herself. Uh, she had to do all the kind of injections and all that stuff herself. And, um, you know, it was it's solely through her courage that year going through that process and um i have so much admiration for for women and and uh and people that go through this process and we were gifted uh, a successful pregnancy and uh in 2021 on our first try and uh we had uh, liam uh, was born on december 30th of 2021 uh, through that process so yeah very very uh, grateful uh, extremely extremely grateful for that process and and the wife, but that is how we ended up with two boys. So Chris, what's next for you in life? Anything that you want to share about personal life, family, your business, your career? What's next? Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, for me, I think it's like continuing to build my practice at a conscious studio. I, I, I feel, uh, I guess, a calling towards that and, and helping people either in their careers or in their lives, you know, live again, like a more conscious life. So I'm going to, I'm going to double down with that and, and see how much, uh, how many people I can impact and, and, and have conversations again to live a more intentional life. And, uh, you know, personally is to, you know, spend a lot of time and quality time with our two boys and raise them in a way that, you know, feels authentic to them while you know, providing them kind of quote unquote lessons learned my experience more more on the mental health side and more on the emotional side of things and, and try to get them you know to a place where you know they're they're confident for themselves and, and they start to lead the lives that they want to and the same with my wife and, and family is just to continue to live a very rich 
uh, I call it life rich uh, as, as, as much as possible. And again, balance the gratitude and presence with performance and, uh, and tackle whatever is going to come our way. Cause there's going to be something else that's going to come our way and, uh, and, uh, and to be ready and, and to be in the, in the position where we can tackle it uh, accordingly. So my last question, Chris, is what song, when you hear it, do you have to just sing along? What's your song? I'm a big Ed Shireen fan. So a bunch of his songs, like Photograph and uh, Thinking Out Loud. So I'm a, I'm a terrible lyric person. You can ask my wife that. I'm very bad with lyrics. And she's very good. She can hear a song and it's not even that loud. And she can just like, oh, did you hear what they were saying there? And I'm like, I have no idea. I'm just kind of like, I have no idea what they like. Do you hear the metaphor there? And and I'm like, no, I don't. I just I can barely hear the the lyrics. I'm just dancing and moving to it. But uh, I try to I try to bust out a few lyrics when Ed Sheeran's on. But uh, it's meaningful for me because it reminds me a lot of my wife and uh, and our relationship to date. So that's my song. And if you would tell us one more time how our listeners can reach you for your counseling business, if you could give us the website, but whatever is the best way. Yeah, uh, probably the website's easiest, consciousstudio.ca. Got some information there. I've got a newsletter. I'm trying to build some content around a variety of ways. Again, just trying to help and provide my perspective for whatever it's worth in helping others you know, in a journey that's similar or, or something else. So my website's probably the best place to go. And finally, I just want to say, Chris, maybe you can come back in a year and give us an update on how things are going with your business and your family and anything that you would like to share with us. I've really enjoyed having you here with us. So that's why I would like to invite you back and see what's going on. I love that. I love that choice. Thanks for the opportunity to share. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for listening to this episode of Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our program on your favorite podcast directory. You can also visit the Max Mallory Foundation at www.maxmalloryfoundation.com slash podcast to listen to previous podcast episodes or donate to the foundation. And join us again next time for another episode of Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer. Thank you.